in the name of Jesus. Holy Spirit, I need a special anointing to preach your word and to love on your children. Breathe on us in this place. Help me to articulate the word the way that you want me to communicate it and anoint their ears to hear it the way that you want them to hear it, Lord God, so that it will begin to bear fruit in their lives, 30, 60, and 90 to 100-fold, Lord God. And I just thank you for what you're about to do in this place. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen. Amen. I've been studying the Sermon on the Mount. And God has been revealing some things to me about this, about this sermon. He came and he began to preach the kingdom of God. He started off with the Beatitudes, and I'm not going to read through those right now. And then he started talking about disciples and the world, and he started talking about personal relationships, and then he's talking about fasting and praying and giving to the poor, and 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 then he started preaching about being anxiety, I mean, anxious and not worrying, and about judging others, and the prayer and the golden rule, and then all of a sudden Jesus gets really raw with the people, and that's when he gets to verse 13 of chapter 7, and he says, "Enter through." the narrow gate for the gate is wide and the way is broad that leads to destruction and there are many who enter through it enter through the narrow gate the narrow gate being Jesus for the gate is wide and the way is broad that leads to destruction there's so many people that are claiming to be Christians that are headed in the way that is broad. There is a way that is narrow, that is narrow, and then there's a way over here that is broad. This way over here that is narrow, it says few find that one, but the way that is broad, it says that many find that way right there. Which tells me that many people that believe there are true disciples, they're true there, that believe there are true believers, that believe they are really Christians, are not. Now, remember this. This sermon is out of love. And I'm not pointing no fingers at anybody because I don't know. I just want us to be sure that we are not on or entering into the broad way. I want to make sure that us in here, we are entering through that way that is narrow. And that narrow gate, his name is Jesus. Pastor Raymond was just talking about a lot of deception. And that's one thing the enemy does. He makes people believe, believe that it's okay for them to sit up in church and live any kind of way. And I would love to be preaching something different. I always ask, why, Lord, why, why do I have to preach like this? It's love. And there are many people that are sitting in church that are deceived. And they really truly believe they are saved. It's deception. Deception. Number one, false assurance. They believe because they said a prayer that they're saved. And I want to tell y'all something. That prayer asking Jesus Christ into your heart is not in the Bible. I believe that when you ask Jesus into your heart, what you're doing is you're inviting him into your life instead of accepting the invitation into his. 
We're asking a holy and righteous God to come into carnality, and he's inviting us out of carnality into the kingdom. He's inviting you to believe. He's inviting you to live a holy and righteous life. For those that are righteous, they will live righteously. And the Bible does tell us to seek the kingdom of God in all its righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto thee. It also says to present yourself a living and holy sacrifice, for that is what's pleasing to God. And that right there is true worship. Enter through the gate that is narrow. Many people talk about the gate. Many people talk about the gate, but not many talk about the way. And when I enter through that gate, which is Jesus, there's a way that I should be living. I should be looking like Jesus, talking like Jesus. I should be following Jesus. I should be a true disciple. And by the way, I believe that many people believe it's an option to be a disciple. There's not an option. It's not an option to follow Jesus. It's not an option to be a follower of Christ. It is a commandment. It is a commandment for you to deny yourself, pick up your cross, and follow him. There is no other way. He is the only way, and he wants you to follow him. But what many people do is they believe they go through a, through a gate, but they live a life that is leading to the broad way. Now, let me tell you something. I thought, I thought the broad way was talking about unbelievers, atheists. Straight up sinners that don't believe nothing about the Lord and don't want to hear anything about it. But when I realized the audience that Jesus is preaching this sermon to, I began to realize that the Broadway is religious people. It's people that truly believe that they are following Jesus. It's people believe that they are going to heaven. They believe because they are Jew, they are going to heaven. Because they are descendants of Abraham, they are going to heaven. This is what these people believe. They believe because they know the scripture, they are going to heaven, that they're good. And the Bible clearly tells us to examine ourselves daily to be sure that we're of the faith. To examine ourselves daily. Daily I must, I must daily examine myself. They have false assurance. And then you have the people that are straight up deceived. See, these people right here, they're, they're fixated on religious activity. Going to church, singing songs, reading the Bible. They go to Bible studies and they take class. They do full-time ministry. These people are fixated on religious activity. That way is broad. There's many that are going to church. There's many that are reading the Bible. There's many that praise, listening to praise and worship songs. There's many that's going down their way. And they are headed to hell. They're headed to hell. And then you got these that instead of dealing directly with their sin, these people find something right with his life and he makes a fair exchange. I've been guilty of that. I've been guilty of living in sin and believing that I am doing full time ministry that I got to pass. I'm guilty. I was guilty of it. 
And there's many people that are sitting in here and they are saying, it's okay that I do this. Because look at all the other good that I'm doing. And it's deception. And that way that they're living, it is the broad way. And that way is leading to destruction. And I'm saying this because I love you. And I don't want anybody, this, this sermon right here is to inform you. Okay? It's to inform you. I'm not pointing the fingers at anybody. It's just that there's people that I love dearly that are headed down the broad way. And that's being real. They don't want to deny themselves. They don't want to pick up the cross. They don't want to be obedient to the word of God. They want to sit in church and be all right with that. They want to put on a form of godliness but deny the power there is to change them. Man, I love y'all, for real. And I love those people that are in these churches that are just sitting there headed down this broad way that believe they are saved. Enter through the narrow gate, for the gate is wide and the way is broad that leads to destruction, and there are many who enter through it. For the gate is small and the way is narrow that leads to life, and there are few who find it. Verse 15. So, be, so beware of the false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravenous wolves. They look just like the sheep, but inside they're ravenous wolves. They're out for a personal gain. They don't really love you. And how will you know them? You will know them by their fruit. You will know them by the way they love others. You will know them by their fruit. And then he goes on to say, so every good tree bears good fruit, but the bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot produce bad fruit, nor can a bad tree produce good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. So then you will know them by their fruit. You will know them by their fruit. You know, there's a worldly saying, and the saying is, is, is you can't judge a book by its cover. But Jesus is saying here that you will know them by their fruit. What's on the inside, it must come out. The inner fruit that is inside of us, it will begin to manifest itself. We will begin to see if you are really a true disciple. Because a true disciple, they will love one another. And they will tell the truth to you. Truth over feelings, I promise you. I would rather give you the truth than to entertain your feelings. I'm dead serious. And sometimes the truth, it does hurt. But I'd rather your feelings be hurting than you winding up in hell. And Jesus for sure was more worried about the truth and your salvation than he was about your feeling or you being prosperous in life, even though he does like want us to be prosperous. But I'm just talking about the sermons that Jesus preached. He was preaching about salvation. When the disciples preached, guess what they preached about? Salvation, they preached the kingdom. Paul, the kingdom. Peter, the kingdom. James, the kingdom. Jesus, the kingdom of God. Repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand and live in a life that is holy and righteous unto God. You know, 
even myself, daily, daily I, I, I examine myself to make sure that I'm of the faith. Here I am doing full-time ministry, preach the word of God, sacrificing my life, and daily I still examine myself. I still have to examine myself by the word of God to make sure that my lifestyle is lining up with scripture. We have too many Christians in church that do not want to read the word of God. They do not want to read the word of God. And the Bible tells us clearly that man should not live off bread alone, but by every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God. So I can't just feed myself food. I have to feed myself this good food right here because I want to live. So daily I examine myself. I go to 1 Corinthians chapter 6, starting at verse 9. You don't have to go there, but I go there and I examine myself. I make sure does my lifestyle line up with this word. I go over to Galatians chapter 5 and I read there, does my lifestyle line up with this word? Because I don't want to believe that I am going to heaven. And next thing you know, I get what this verse is saying. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord. These people are saying, Lord, Lord. They're professing him as Lord. And they're hollering, Lord, Lord. For I, uh, will, you, will I enter the kingdom of God? But he does not. Hold on. I'm, I'm all the way off. Hold on. <laughs> Sorry about that. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. But he who does the will of my father who is in heaven will enter. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? And in your name, did we not cast out demons? And in your name, perform many miracles. And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. I never had an intimate relationship with you. Does anybody know the Lord in this place? Do you really truly know God? Do you? This is the way that we'll know by the way you obey his commandments. This is how we know that you know. And many people are deceived and believe they know the Lord. You can ask 90% of people sitting in church, 100% and 100% will tell you they know God. They'll tell you they know God. And this Bible is written to the church. And if you read throughout the parables that Jesus is preaching, Many don't make it in. But everybody claimed to be a true follower of Jesus Christ. Everybody claimed that they are going to heaven. But he says many, get this, that same many that's over here that's saying many will come to me and say, Lord, Lord, guess what? That's the same many that's over here talking about the broad way. It says many are going through the broad way. And there's many over here that saying, Lord, Lord, but I've did this in your name and I've did that in your name. I've did this in your name and I've did that in your name. And he says, depart from me, for I never knew you. We never had a relationship. You never sought my face. You never thirsted and hungered for righteousness. You did not do this. But I served you. I did full time ministry in your name. And the more I read this Bible and the more I study this Bible, the more I fear for people that I love. Yeah. And so I always speak the truth. 
no matter where their hurts, I speak the truth to the homeboys, to people out there in the streets. I speak the truth to myself. It does not matter. I'm going to tell you the truth because it's the truth that's going to set you free. It's the truth that's going to set you free. It's not me entertaining your feelings. It's the truth that's going to set you free. And this is what the truth says. This is what the word says. The word says that many are headed to hell. Many are headed to the way to destruction. And this message is just burned onto my heart. I can't preach anything else. I can't talk about nothing else. What I talk about and what I preach is very foundational. Why? Because people have gotten away from the very thing that's going to save them. And it's Jesus. And it is the truth. And even though the truth hurt, it is the truth that saves. I'm like Anthony. I got all my amens. I said all my amens in the car before I got here. I'm serious. I'm dead serious. It's all good. Many, many. I mean, I can't even, I mean, just wrap your mind around it. Many, many. And these people are sitting in church. These people believe themselves to be saved. Many believe themselves to be saved and they're headed towards destruction. Now let's look at the at verse at verse 24. Verse 24. I'm gonna quit talking like this in a minute. <laughs> Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine, who hears these words of mine and acts on them, which means they're not just reading the word of God. They're actually applying this to their life. As a matter of fact, as they read the word of God, they tremble at the word of God. They tremble at the word of God. They read this and they say, wait a minute, my life does not line up with this. And they fall down to their knees and they repent. Amen. That's what happens. They fall down to their knees and they repent because they want to live a life that is holy, righteous, and that's pleasing to God. Does your life please God? Do you have a desire to be pleasing to God? Amen. Do you? Because if you don't, you're in trouble. How do you even know how to be pleasing to God if you don't open up your Bible and, sh and study to show thyself approved unto God? I study to show myself approved unto God, not unto man. I don't study to preach. I don't study to teach, even though I probably should do that more. But I study to show thyself approved unto God. I want to make sure that my lifestyle is lining up with this word, and I want to be pleasing to God. I want my thoughts to be pleasing and to glorify him the way I talk, to be pleasing and glorify him the way that I act, to be pleasing and glorify him the way I love, to be pleasing and glorifying to him. I don't care about self. I'm dead to self. I reckon myself dead to the world. And I'm alive in Christ Jesus. I'm alive in Christ. What's happened now? Where people sit in church and don't care about being pleasing to God. They don't care about being holy. They don't care about opening up their Bible. They're so deceived. They're so deceived. Do you know that... That there's a high percentage of people doing full-time ministry, ministers. They only open up their Bible and read it maybe 15 minutes a day. Yeah. I want to read this to know God. Because the Bible tells me in John 17, 3, 
that this is eternal life. This is, Jesus pre this is Jesus praying to the Father. He says, this is eternal life, and it's to know the Father. And it's to know his son, the one that he sent. That is eternal life. That is salvation. Do you really know God? Do you seek him continuously? When you make a move, do you consult him? Do you trust him with all thine heart and lean not on thine own understanding? Do you even acknowledge him at all in any of your ways? Because if not, you might want to examine yourself and make sure that you're of the faith. Because we don't know what will happen tomorrow. We don't. And if there's something in our life that does not line up with the word of God, if there's something in our life that does not line up, the way that we're living, and I'm not talking about falling into sin. I'm not talking about that you've fallen into sin. I'm talking about if there's a part of your life that you are living in sin, that you're indulging in this sin, you might want to check yourself before you wreck yourself. You might want to check yourself before you wreck yourself. Are you striving to be like Christ? How is your prayer life? Is your prayer life all about you or is it about him? Is it about your will be done or is it about his will be done? Is it? These are questions that you need to ask yourself. You will know them by their fruit. Does your fruit line up? Do you have any fruit in your life? Now, for the most part, I see fruit. But I'm just saying, this is things that you need to do on your own. You need to read the word for yourself. Study the word for yourself. Study to show thyself approved unto God, please. The last thing I want to happen, the last thing I want to happen is that you be hollering out to the Lord, saying, but Lord, I prophesied in your name. I healed the sick in your name. I preached in your name. I sold banana bread in your name. And he says, depart from me, for I never knew you, you doer of iniquity. You that sat right in my church, lifted up your hands, you read the Bible, and you lived a life of sin. And not only did you live a life of sin, but you were okay with it. I love y'all, for real. I love y'all, for real, for real. And there was a point in my life where I was living in sin, straight up. And what I started doing is I started reading the word of God not to preach and not to teach because I wanted my lifestyle to line up with what I was reading. I wanted to become like Christ. It scared me whenever I opened up that Bible and these people that called themselves believers, that were called themselves disciples, called themselves servants of the Lord. And Jesus said, depart from me, for I never knew you. That is a scary, 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 scary thing. I was at verse 24. So therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and acts on them may be compared to a wise man who builds his house on the rock. And the rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew and slammed against that house. And yet it did not fall, for it had been founded on the rock. 
it had been founded on Jesus, not on self-righteousness. Self-righteousness, the broad way over there, that way that's broad, that think you can work your way into heaven, that thinks it has a merit, there's a merit list right there. And they're able to come with a merit list like these people over here did. They come with a list and they're saying, but Lord, I did this and Lord, I did that. But Lord, I did this and Lord, I did that. It was all self-righteousness. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not act on them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and slammed against the house and it fell. And great was its fall. These two houses, they look alike. One dug and built his foundation on Jesus. The other one, a quick salvation, one that was uh, that had false assurance, that said a little prayer and thought he was saved and went and lived however he wanted to live. This is this man right here that built his house on the sand. These houses look just alike, and we can look at these houses and we can look at them, and these is the spiritual structure of two different men, a spiritual structure. Both of them, both of them sit in church. Both of them read their Bible. Both of them pray. Both of them pay tithes. On the outside, they both look just alike. That's why it's important for you. You cannot compare yourself to the person next to you. You cannot. It's like the wheat and the tares. The wheat and the tares go up. They look just alike. You won't even be able to tell. These two houses, you can't even tell. They look just alike. They both do the same thing. They stand there. And everything look good until the storm comes. And this storm right here that's coming is judgment. And the one that built his house on the sand, on self-righteousness, the one that said, I can sit in church and I can sin and I can live however I want to do, however I want to live. He'll be hollering on that day, but Lord, Lord, I prophesied in your name and I served in your name. And he's going to say, depart from me for I never knew you. Everybody claims to know God. The question is not even do you know God. The question is, does God know you? It's time to change, guys. It's time for us to try to, not try, to live holy. It is a commandment in the Bible for us to be holy, for he is holy. And without holiness, you will not see God. So why are we playing, guys? Do you want to play your way into hell? Because I know I don't. And there was once upon a time when I was doing that. I was headed to hell. I know I was. In ministry, doing full-time ministry. I thought I was saved. I really did. I thought I was saved. But you know me by my fruit. And my fruit was bad. But on the outside, guess what? My structure looked good. I can jump up and down with the best of them. I could even teach with some of the best of them. 
I can do all this stuff that look good. But my private life and what I had going on in my private life was horrible. It was horrible. And there was a point in time in my life where I was okay with that. And you know what I was doing? I was literally saying I'm okay because look at all the good that I'm doing. And I'm just being real. You know, I don't sugarcoat nothing. I don't get up here and act like I'm better than anybody else because I'm not. I'm just a man that really had a true head-on collision with the true and living God that demanded holiness from me. That's it. I sat in church and thought I was good. But I wasn't. I was sitting right in church, serving in ministry, and I was headed to a devil's hell. And that's real. But in that head-on collision, man, I repented. I dropped down to my knees and I cried out. And it wasn't me just repenting for what I've done. I was repenting for, I was repenting for who I was. I was a sinner and I was living like one and I was in need of a savior. As a matter of fact, I wasn't just in need of a savior. I was in desperate need of a savior. And a savior looked good at the time. But the Lord had shown me that I didn't get no, no savior unless I was accepting him as Lord. And I knew a savior and I didn't know a Lord. And a Lord, he demands something. He demands something and he demands holiness. Now, There is a war. There is a war. And I'm going to tell you something. This is how you know. This is how you know that you've been converted. This is how you know that you are truly saved. There is a war going on inside of you. I'm not going to say that you won't sin and fall short of the glory of God because we all do that. But is there a war going on inside of you? Or are you just okay with your sin? If you're okay with your sin, you're not converted. And you're headed down that way that's broad, that's leading to destruction. But if there's a war going on inside of you, and let's just say you do sin and you do fall short, you will repent. There will be mourning. There will be sorrow. But I promise you that joy will come in the morning. It will. Is there a war going on inside of you? That's how you know. There's this story I heard this man say, and it was about this pig, right? This pig was converted over into a human, right? Now, a pig, a pig is nasty, right? They roll around in mud and boo-boo, and they eat their own boo-boo. They eat mud. As a matter of fact, a pig is a swine. It'll eat anything. Am I right or am I wrong? This pig had been converted over into a man. So this man no longer rolled around in his boo-boo and mud. Boo-boo. <laughs> he no longer ate slop. This man was now a civilized human being. But one day, one day this man tried to go jump in the pig pen. And he was rolling around and he was rolling around and boo-boo and he leaned over there to the trough and he tried to eat some of that slop. And you know what happened to the man? He got sick. That is the example of a man or woman that's been converted. It doesn't mean you will never sin again. But it means that when you do sin, it will make you sick. And you will drop down to your knees and you'll repent and you'll cry out to God. 
because you know you've hurt the one that sent his son to die for you. I want all of us to be up there in heaven. I want all of us, all of us to be worshiping, singing holy, holy, holy. I want that for all of us. That's why I'm preaching like this. Because like, like a good army, some good soldiers, you never leave a fallen soldier behind. And if there's somebody in this place that have fallen, I'm not going to leave you behind. I'm going to tell you the truth. I'm going to speak in such a way, tell you the truth in such a way, and love that it will drive you to repentance. Because repenting is necessary. It's a have to. And it's not a one-time thing like you repent and everything good and you get into heaven. No, it is a continuous lifestyle. Live a repentive lifestyle. It's not something you do one time and think you're all good. No, that's not what it is. It is living a lifestyle of repentance. I'm going to show you how this sermon starts off. Matthew chapter 5, we're going to go to verse 3. We're going to go to verse 3. And the word of the Lord reads. <laughs> Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of God. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are the ones that know how much they need Jesus, that recognize they are a sinner in desperate need of a Savior, that know that they're spiritually blind and spiritually destitute, that know that without the Lord, there is no way. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Next verse. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Let me tell you something. The same Holy Spirit that convicts you is the same Holy Spirit that will comfort you. He says, blessed are those who mourn. Blessed are those that get caught up in sin, that sin, and they fall down to their knees, and they repent. For the Bible tells us we confess our sins, that he is faithful and he is righteous to forgive us and to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. Next verse. Blessed are the gentle, for they shall inherit the kingdom. Next verse. Blessed are those that hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Are you hungering for a righteousness that you yourself and your own strength and your own ability cannot grab a hold of? I've tried the whole self-righteous thing before. That don't work. I've tried it. I've tried to add up all the good stuff that I've done to try to tell the Lord, look, Lord, look at what I've, look at what I've done. Look at what I'm doing. And then I realized on my best day, I still haven't done anything to deserve to get to go to heaven. On my best day. On my, and I've had some pretty good days. But even on my best day, 
I have not done anything good enough to get to go to heaven. I don't even deserve, get this, I don't even deserve to have a relationship with the Lord. I don't deserve to be behind this pulpit preaching. I don't deserve to do no full-time ministry. I don't deserve my family. I don't deserve anybody loving me, and I probably don't even deserve to love anybody else. I don't deserve it. But he is so rich with mercy and so rich with loving kindness. Even though I was a sinner, headed for destruction, he sent his son to die for me. And I take it personal, but I don't take it personal because the same way he died for me is the same way that he died for you. Don't be one of the ones that are hollering out a whole list of things that they've done right. Believe. Believe. Confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart. That God raised him from the dead and you will be saved. But you need to study to show thyself approved under God. So that your lifestyle will line up with what you're professing. The devil is not trying to keep you out of church. The, church is, the devil is trying to have you right in church and living like hell and being a bad example. So when people in their flesh get to looking at you as an example, then all they'll do is they'll measure themselves, they'll measure their sin to your sin, and they don't think they're that bad. Be careful. Like I said, I'm not saying anybody in here not saved. That's not what I'm saying. But what I am saying is that there is a way that's broad. And that way is headed for destruction. And I love everybody in here. Worship team, y'all come on, come up here. You know, I don't preach long. There is a way that's broad. And it's headed for destruction. And there's a lot of people that I love dearly that's headed down that way. It is. And they're sitting in church and they're professing to be Christians. And there's nothing in their life that lines up with this right here. Nothing. They don't know the Lord. They don't care about obeying the word. But there's, in this room, almost all of us, right? There's a war going on in us. And when these crazy thoughts pop in our heads, we repent. We take those thoughts captive because they're exalting themselves above the knowledge of God. They're, they're, they're not clean. They're unholy. And so right then we repent. We don't like the way, we don't like the thoughts that are popping in our heads. We don't like the way our, what our flesh is trying to get us to do. We don't like any of that. And we deny ourselves. And even though there's times that we fall, for the most part, man, we deny ourselves and we pick up our cross and we're following Jesus Christ. I want y'all to know I'm proud of y'all. I'm proud of each and every one of y'all because I know that guess what y'all are doing? Y'all are fighting the good fight of faith. And I can walk through that dorm in there and, or walk through the fellowship and I see guys in there seeking God, seeking the face of God, reading their word, studying to show thyself approved unto God, fearing the Lord, not wanting to fall into sin. And if they do fall into sin, they repent and they do turn to God. I see them weeping because of their sin, because they know that they've hurt the heart of God. 
They don't want to be one of those people headed to the way of destruction. They want to be one of the ones that are entering through the narrow gate. And here's the deal. That narrow gate, we go in there one at a time. It's not a group deal. So we can't say because of the family that we were born into, we're going into heaven. We can't say because of the church that we go to, we're going into heaven. We can't say because I sung on the worship team or I got behind this pulpit and preached at this particular church that I am going to heaven. It is Jesus. He is the way. He is the truth. And he is the life. And nobody comes to the Father except through him. Nobody. This altar's open. And I know that some of us have fallen into sin. And just because you've fallen into sin, it doesn't mean that that you're going to hell. I'm telling you and I'm begging you and I'm pleading you to repent and turn to God. We are in the last days. We don't have time to be playing. We are headed over there to a new church and I don't want a bunch of uh, 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 fake believers going over into that new church. I don't want that. I love y'all. We're going to go ahead. I'm going to go ahead and pray real quick. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for your love and for your life-changing power. Lord God, I thank you for sending your son to die for their precious blood that was being shed. I thank you for your truth, Lord God. I thank you for your anointing, Father God. Without your anointing, Lord God, we're out of there. Without your anointing, we don't even have the ability to repent on our own. Without the anointing, Lord God, Release it right now, a fresh anointing. And I plead the blood of Jesus over everybody in this room, Lord God. And if there's any, anybody here that's doubting their salvation, Lord God, Holy Spirit, I want you to, to come and bear witness with their spirit so they'll know that they're of the faith. And if they're not of the faith, they'll drop down to their knees, Lord God, and they'll repent and they'll turn to you and they'll call on the name of the Lord. For those that call on the name of the Lord, they will be saved in the name of Jesus amen Worthy of all 